Hello and welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple, common problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactly. So to change that problem, we are issuing a challenge. Each week we sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in writing it, and then we talk about stories sent in by you wonderful listeners. Exactamundo, we're simply here to help you do the right thing. Doof Media media production. production. So one thing I was wondering in Freaky Friday, right? Yes. Um, in Freaky Friday was what other um, magical powers this Chinese restaurant has. Um, because, okay, when you think about it, right, that the fortune cookies, fortune cookies are not a, um, uh, a an actual, like, authentic Chinese anything. It's, oh, it's, yeah, no, yeah, they're, right, they were right, made right, in right, right. California. Yes, yeah. we all know that at this point. And I feel like when Freaky Friday came out, uh, apparently that was an unknown, you know, hadn't been unearthed by archaeologists yet, this, this fact. Um, but I'm wondering, so if fortune cookies uh, have this, can have this, you know, supreme power um, to switch people's bodies if they're having an argument, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the Americanized, like, garbage magic, right? Because they're just mass-produced fortune cookies. What powers could this Chinese restaurant have? What do you, what do you think? True. I mean, granted, I feel that if the one fortune cookie mm-hmm. worked mm-hmm. in a freaky friday i'm going to assume that most if not all of them also have right, of course magical properties right so it'll be similar to like making a a wish with a genie you uh-huh. know to where uh whatever fortune cookie you you get mm-hmm. it'll come true so like hey um watch out for for trains trains are bad in your future that means that you're probably going to get hit by by a train but then it, mm-hmm. but then it then it could also be you are stronger than you think and mm-hmm. then you get super super strong right powers, and you just right? stop the train just right and it's yes. right you would stop the train in its in right its tracks in track. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so isn't that so clever always that that double-edged sword though what's the double-edged know? sword so like for instance let's say you are stronger than, than you think mm-hmm. so, so you can jump really high right but you're not more more durable right so, if you punch something, yeah, you'll fuck that up, but you'll also fuck up your arm. Right. right? Like like Deku. Like Deku. Like in Deku. In the first season. In, the, in every season. I don't know about the most recent ones, but he's constantly breaking his stuff. Right, this is he from My Hero up. Academia, the objectively best portrayal of superheroes in any fiction, obviously. Um, it's pretty good. Not good. Wait, how how far are you? Uh, like I stopped in season three because I was just like, what? I don't know. I just kind of got disinterested. You need to keep. Watching. Look, there's a whole Literally, tournament arc season, watching. and I was like, well, this is far too early for a tournament arc, especially when there's like no stakes at all. Like I don't. No, but if you keep watching, I finished there it. Are stakes, and then there was no, like through season mummy five, girl, then. mummy unicorn girl. And then the like the guy that like every person on Twitter is horny for because and then uh what's that? There's that one. Wait, mm-hmm. unicorn girl. Yeah, unicorn girl. Does she shoot horns? I don't know. She's got bandages and she's a little baby child. Wait, what? She she shoots what? She's a little baby child and she's covered in bandages. Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, eerie. I'm talking yeah. about the girl, the little girl in bandages. 
Yeah, her name is Eerie. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, have you finished that that arc? Like, no. With, I got so bored. You, so you haven't gotten to Overhaul at all. No, I got bored. All right, cool. You stopped right before it got better. Okay. Right. Well, it kind of took too long. So. All right. I mean, I'm. I'm I, <laughs> no, I feel I'm just more being sorry. Mean. For you. Oh, you feel sorry for uh, me oh my god yeah that's so because harsh granted you know listen listen uh-huh. it's a good show is it the best anime ever no it's but all right it it is definitely one of the heaviest hitters right now mm-hmm. especially if you get past overhaul and mm-hmm. you get into for me season five has been the best season oh my god i have um, to go through another two seasons to get to the good stuff well, yeah, but tragic. you don't have to watch it all in one sitting. You speaking, can split it up. Speaking of great, it was great, great, um, great anime. I so I have um, I watched the the live action Uzumaki recently, which is oh, not nice. it's not an anime. I haven't seen and that. And the source material is a manga, which is not an anime. Um, but it was very entertaining. So so it's a Junji Ito. His his manga. Mm-hmm. It's the thing with the spiral. Um, and uh I, the movie was yeah it's definitely very interesting because it was like both like very campy but also like really serious at the same time and like mm. like some of the images were just truly like absurd but in a way that like yeah definitely felt really uncomfortable so there was a mm. really and this cool was live, overlap. yeah and this was a live action made when uh 1990s it feels like i don't know really okay yeah. i've never heard of it yeah no. yeah it's old um or older than that i don't know it 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 definitely felt old and uh no it was it was quite good um the the imagery with like people becoming spirals etc was definitely executed in interested ways they they cut some things they kept some things that i was like why why did you keep this the snail people part that's okay sure that's fine um but yeah yeah it was good all right, cool. Yeah, no, you're you're uh, gonna have to send that to me. Mm-hmm. Granted, like I I I know I was so hyped for the uh, latest animated version, but I never got around to, to actually watching it. Well, there was there an animated version of Uzumaki? I didn't know that. Yeah, on um, Adult Swim. Oh, neat. Yeah, which like I was I was really here here for it, but I, yeah, I I never watched it. Mm-hmm. Um. The but, only uh, yeah, Junji Ito uh, other movie that I, I knew about was Gyo, which is the mm-hmm. uh, which is the like zombie robot fish invasion that were the really stinky. You know, you know yeah. that one. Stinky zombies. Stinky yes. zombies. I think it's only the the fish part, not the stinky part. So. Uh, which is honestly great because the stinky part, I really did not. I mean, I know that was like the entire point of it, but yeah. like it was gross. <laughs> yeah, because so. cause his whole thing is just the the exaggeration of body horror. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. taking it to the fullest extent. And also, you know, providing some sort of social commentary on this on the state of like human being. Yeah. Which I think is really rad. Yeah. But. The weirdest scene in the, the manga is when all those people are hooked up to the to the robot legs and they're being powered, mm-hmm. which is powered by their farts that they are also breathing. Um, and so they're all scuttling <laughs> around and then they eventually make a circus of these like the, the these zombie robot fart people. And they make a circus, yeah. and they're doing circus tricks, and that goes on for like twenty pages. 
Um, at least that's what it, it felt like in my memory. And I was really confused by that. But honestly, that's probably like a, a prime example of the, the social commentary stuff. I don't know why. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm very confused by it. But yeah. um, I mean, I did only read it when I was like 16. So definitely, okay. well, maybe like 15. Um, definitely probably on a reread would get it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. If like you were to have read it now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what is the first story that we're reading this week? Yeah, so the first story we are going to be reading for this week is by drum roll, please. Uh, this week we have a new writer, which I'm so excited and happy to have you here. Uh, and their name is Walker by Faith. Great, great name. And the title of their story is The Crutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they're in the Discord and they mentioned how I think they, they joined because of uh, Kingslingers or they otherwise just heard about it. Um, do their thing on other parts of the network. So it's great to have you. Um, yeah. But all right, let's let's uh, get into it. Um, I'm excited about it. I think it's it's a good one. So this is The Crutch. The urge to drink again was there, but he was fighting it. It isn't like I don't deserve one, he thought to himself. No one would ever know, his inner voice added. But he would know. He would know, and the stupid program he was working had seeped into his head like an insidious virus, taking over any part of his remaining thoughts that he could ever drink again the way he used to. AA had ruined his enjoyment of alcohol. Even as that thought came to him, he knew it wasn't right. He had ruined his enjoyment of alcohol, and he alone. Or rather, this disease of alcoholism had ruined it for him. He still wasn't clear on which came first, the problems or the drinking. It was kind of like the chicken and egg question. At the end of the day, you either loved eating the fried eggs and chicken, or hated the thought of killing a living thing. Drinking was like that for him, in a way, except it was both love and hate. He loved being drunk, he hated the problems that came with it. He was like a pita-loving carnivore in that way, he supposed. Why bother? Why does it matter? He asked himself that question for at least the third time in 30, in 30 seconds. He knew he was gearing himself up for what he wanted to do rather than what he needed to do. Even though his mind hadn't truly shifted into that gear, he kept grinding the clutch. He knew the things he should do in the situation. He had been to enough meetings to know. After that last DUI and the accident, he'd been forced back into those rooms by the system. The system didn't care if he had to be wheeled in inside a wheelchair or hobble along on a cane. The system didn't care that he had broken his thigh in the accident. The system knew it was his fault to begin with. He knew it was his fault to begin with. But he wasn't shy about blaming the system, because then he didn't have to look at himself. I'll call Carl, he thought suddenly, even knowing he would do no such thing. Carl told me that if something happened bad enough that I needed a drink, to call him, and in, and if he agreed with me, he'd go tie one on with me. He knew it was a pile of crap. But the thought came to him anyway. He supposed it was good that he was having these thoughts, but 
he hated them. He was too ashamed to call anyone in the state, and he knew it, even if he didn't think it right on the surface. It's been 92 days. That's enough. I should celebrate. That other crazy side of his thinking piped up again. He was still limping. He still had to use a cane. But at least he was better able to get around than he had been at first, after the accident. He wanted nothing more in that moment than to celebrate his victory over the bottle. The awareness of the irony of celebrating his sobriety with a drink never entered his mind. But then he remembered her. Holly, only four years old. He still saw Holly at times, in the middle of the night. He still saw the blood mixed in with the dark curls of hair. He still saw the first responders looking at him like he was a monster. He still heard the mother screaming, screaming, screaming. Just lost. Holly would never celebrate anything again. Ever. He was on the verge of breaking down. He looked around the room for an escape, saw the wheelchair folded beside the front door that he had not yet returned to the medical supply rental company. He saw the crutches leaning against the wall beside the wheelchair. He turned away and saw the cane leaning against the chair he was sitting in. Everywhere around him were reminders of that day. He needed to get out of here before his mind killed him. He needed to stop this pain. He needed help standing. He needed his crutch. He called Jordan for a ride. Jordan was always down the party. Jordan didn't know that he was in the program. Jordan didn't know he'd killed a little girl. Jordan was a good guy. He was not. He was not. As he left his apartment for the last time, all he could think about was how good that Jack and Coke was going to taste. Well, all right, all right. I, I really do love this this story. It's a really great, uh, a really great in, uh, introspective look at this addiction. I love the sort of musing on the persona self knowing that the the actions of their past aren't just going to be solved by abstaining from from drinking but at the same time they they do know that they shouldn't so it's it's just this really great story of him sort of grappling be be uh, between doing what they want and doing what they need to to do um and and, uh, and also the Walk, uh, Walker by by faith left a, a really great comment that said that that they've been sober for over eight years. So congratulations! Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a huge, huge, huge um, uh, milestone, and we're very proud of you for really uh, making it this uh, this far. Because um, you know uh, addiction is really tough, you know, and your mind can definitely um, what's the word? It can. Uh, it can force you to be okay with uh, the action itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
against your own better judgment. Um, but the story it's, itself is great. It's a uh, it's a slow burn. We get to know a lot about this this person's past, sort of what they are look what they're looking forward to and we do get a really great sense that this person has been humbled by this experience but is also trapped be between feeling sorry for their their selves and wishing that they didn't care mm-hmm. about what happens to them so yeah yeah, yeah. This, this, the, the story is working with a lot of different a lot of pieces here yeah um it definitely um felt very familiar i i don't specifically struggle with any particular um uh, substance dependence but like just the struggle of getting your mind to do something or to not do something um we talked about this just before actually we we came on but um i mean i blame my adhd for this but i don't know but like the (laughs) idea of um giving myself a reward later for anything right Uh, you know uh, clean my room get my shit together and then i get to you know have a, a piece of chocolate or you know get to relax with a movie or whatever none of that ever works and I, I always trick myself into thinking it will um and then inevitably i just go and do the thing i wanted to do anyway and just the the thought process throughout this um very much felt like that where i'll have the thought of like hey you really shouldn't do that <laughs> um you no, they're not supposed to. You're supposed to do this instead. Um, and then think, yeah, I'll do that. And then inevitably not doing it. Having that ridiculous sort of thought of um, rewarding yourself for being good by doing the thing that's bad for you. Um, and the irony of that. Um, the one thing that that um, I didn't see as reflected in here, but I feel like there's still like an undercurrent of it, is just the you know self-destructive urge, right? Of just yes. like, fuck it. Who gives a shit anyway? Which it, it is there with the like, um, what does it matter? But in the specific like, I deserve to sort of destroy myself. Um, I think it is. It, it still is there a little bit because he obviously feels uh, guilty over Holly, and then um, I really like the, the the struggle that this character is having between you know needing to be better um, after this terrible you know, thing that they were responsible for, and yet also the one way that they feel confident that they can actually feel better about it is to slip back into the old habit that caused it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a really, really hard um, struggle that I think is very relatable. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's it's, it's very, very obvious that this character is sort of stuck in this cycle, this cycle of going from wanting to to drink to feeling awful after drinking you know knowing of what happened in the past when they were were drinking and yeah i just feel that this story does a fantastic job of really balancing that to where where to where the the whole thing isn't just shitting on this per persona but the whole thing isn't at the same time saying that the persona should just just do what what they want it seems that the story is being told from both a very personal but distant place from these emotions and these events to where we are able to get a full picture of what this what this persona is really suffering from and Mm -hmm. we're also getting a, a sort of wider picture of the living state of someone who is 
addicted to a to a substance you know how the mm-hmm. mind will justify anything even even if something as as awful as this did happen you know your your mind is is still going to say well hey that was in the past fuck it let's get a dosekis you know yeah yeah um so yeah i i just i just really love how much attention and passion has been put in t- into this piece it is very obvious that everything that is being written here is coming from a very real and 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 sincere and genuine place Mm -hmm. um yeah to where it's it's so grounded and and uh be believable that i almost want to see how the rest of this person's night does go if they do choose to take that jack and and coke or because of all of this introspection do they choose to stay sober you know yeah, um, I find the um, one of the last lines interesting. The as he left his apartment for the last time, um, mm-hmm. what's yeah? I'm not sure what that that means. Yeah, it's, if, it's pointing towards something though. Yeah, yeah, that uh, if he you know dies in a <laughs> in a car crash or or whatever else, I think that's interesting. Um, leaving that sort of end off. Um, I also really like that um, that core metaphor about needing the the crutch right um needing help to stand and yet that being the um the thing that that yeah causes all of this I, yeah i thought it was a good matchup um and i also really like the um just the character that comes through a bit the sort of uh dry sarcasm and like intentionally uh, messing with um uh common aphorisms like the whole chicken and egg thing which i yes. thought was very funny <laughs> um how it's like it's totally misinterpreted but you know it gets the same point across that's needed anyway so it's fine um yeah it was a good story yeah really really great great story there's there's some great craft in in here as you uh putting it out with them really messing with their uh with their uh, syntax in terms of the phrases and and honestly, this is a really great uh, first uh, issue to uh, do the uh, the right thing. You uh, definitely hit hit the ground r- running, Walker by Faith, by sending this one to us. Yeah, we really appreciate you joining. Nice, nice. Well, all right. I think it's high time to get on into our listener submitted story section. The story we'll be talking about real quick is by Captain Rhino with with. Horston Department of Ethereal Affairs, which is a, a very fun title. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a different sort of storytelling um, told in these very short, um, like logs mm-hmm. um, or just notes for like uh, archaeological specimens, I, I suppose. Um, yeah. or these uh, ethereal affairs, um, and it just like lists out the uh, specimen number, the date who the archivist is in a short description. So um, it describes how uh, this department has obtained this um, vellum hierarchic text uh, with green ink. Um, and there was an iron knife on top of it. Mm. And the uh, text says that this is the knife that killed a random man that starts a war or started a war. This is all past tense. Um mm-hmm that uh kills a, that killed a nation 
um, a war that never ceased that killed the world, right? So this is the knife that killed the world is what it emphasizes. Um, and the next note, uh, after all that, you're like, oh, wow, this is a very interesting knife. Look at this history. Um, it says that none of this is none of this has happened. None of this is real. Um, there, no one has ever been murdered in this place. The, the nation has been fine. There is no giant war um, in the past. And uh, then the next mm. note is that the um, specimen is now missing. And uh, that the archivist originally who did it, um, who died under questioning, was the one that took it. And now the iron knife is nowhere to be found. So the implication being clear that the, now this knife is loose on the world and this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I really did like this um, different this, this different style of um, storytelling. When I first started reading it, I, I was like, oh, this seems to me like a lot like a uh, like a uh, SCP entry. Um, but like as as you start really getting getting into this story, I, I, I really do like how this sort of lore of of this knife is being uh, is being built out. Uh, especially to to come to a terms later that this hasn't happened and that this is more so of a of a prophecy than than a uh, than a retelling of of some great great war. So yeah, I mean this uh, this story is is really great as sort of s- setting up these very supernatural elements and then the then the payoff being that this knife is loose out on the 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 world and it's going to start this world that that will it's going to start this war that will kill the the world so yeah this this was a really fun a fun read and it really took me in a direction that i didn't think it would at all so really really great job yeah, I really like the the twist, and honestly, just like the sort of feeling of a prophecy being told in the past tense, because it, it implies a lot about um, you know the c- cyclical nature of of time, and particularly how time might work in this world. Because um, obviously, this is also a fantasy world with high erratic being a particular language. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely interesting. Link a lot of clues. You're absolutely right that it, it's very much similar to. Um, SCP Foundation uh, style. If any of y'all listening don't know what that is, it's an online creative writing project. Yeah, where it has a bunch of like uh, entries for supernatural, as if there's a society or a, um, a scientific foundation that collects all the supernatural things and contains them to protect the world um, and studies them. And uh, yeah, this is definitely. Uh, similar to that style it's actually very interesting how those things can work right of implying not only things about you know what what the events are but also some stuff about the characters right um there's only a little bit in this but just a notion that this archivist os green ward would steal this knife is interesting and it makes me wonder um whether they were like supernaturally like possessed or if actually Mm -hmm. they just I don't know. They felt an urge to make that history happen on their own, you know. True. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that that does lead to a to a to a lot of questions. I mean, I was under the assumption that this knife probably has some sort of like maybe demon spirit in it or or, or something like that. So it could have po- possessed the um, 
the archaeologist to grab it and to kill himself and to hide it somewhere. So I don't know. Yeah, but it does raise a a like a lot of those those questions. And I do love how it is how it is operating within the own lore of this this world while also keeping it grounded to where I could definitely see this happening within our world, maybe. So, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that is uh, Captain Rhino's story. If you want to be like these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing, all you have to do is go to slash or slash do the right thing, set a timer for 30 minutes, and use three of the four words that I'm going to um, define right here at the end of this podcast. Yep, yep. And also, if you want to get those words as soon as possible, you can do that by following us on Twitter, which is at RightThingCast. That's right. Um, yeah. Just, so just give us a quick follow and you'll be up to date on every changes that happen with, with the podcast. And also, if you want to just send us anything, whether it's your own pieces, whether it's just you want to say hi, you can do that by sending it to our to our Gmail, which is also RightThingCast. Yeah, you just got to give that, that um, notification bell a good old smack. Yep. Um, and uh, you can send me you can send me a direct message email at alexandradoofmedia.com um, if you just want to you want to flirt with me a little bit um, it's open my DMs are open actually so that is available I'm, I check the Twitter pretty often so if you want to DM us there and you just want to say hi and we could just like hang out a little bit um, you know like I'm free on I'm free on weekends and <laughs> after <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, and there's a lot of other things going on at Doof Media here. Um, actually, uh, we're both, you and me are both recording other podcasts uh, t- today. Um, actually, do you want to submit your, uh, you're, you're doing it for an assignment, right? Yeah. Um, but you could, if you assignment. want, you can make it a bonus content thing if you end up being proud of it. Because I know yeah, it's like sure. real discussion about Afrofuturist uh, works, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if it if it turns out good, I'll definitely post it. <laughs> yeah, um, and if you want to get access to all the bonus content shows, which that might be one of them, all you have to do is donate $10 or more on the Doof Media Patreon. Um, all that stuff really helps us out. It helps us run contests. It helps us get more equipment, like Jarvis getting a new microphone, which he really needs. Um, it helps us, um, yeah, get all the funding that we need to do all these wonderful things. Um, and we have a lot of projects in, in the works and stuff that we're very excited to uh, reveal to y'all and announce on the world stage, etc. Um, and that's only possible with, uh, you wonderful patrons. Um, recently, um, the, on, on, in the d- Discord, which is free to join just at doofmedia.com slash Discord, um, we've been doing a lot of, uh, streams of various shows. I think recently, um, Elliot and Ruben, or maybe just Elliot and Obviously, a bunch of people on the Discord have been watching um, some of the first season of Arcane, the League of Legends tie-in show, which I heard was very, very good, actually. Um, so that's been, yeah, that's been really mm. cool to see the discussion around that. Um, you know, people, it, it's interesting because um, watching, it's like a live watch, right? Uh, it's a, sort of like a director's commentary. It's like, you know, you're sitting in a theater and then you're just like passing comments at each other. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a different way to experience, um, movies and stuff. Um, but yeah, that is all I've got, uh, this week. Do we want to talk about the theme for this month? 
Cool, cool. So for the theme of this fantastic month of December, the theme is is miracles. So basically, any sort of magical so, uh, solution that solves the the problem that your characters are 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 facing. But the key thing about a good miracle is that it is not a a a power that these main characters have. It's really just happenstance. Um, so we challenge you to basically write write a a story where the main problem for these uh, for these characters are solved through some sort of miracle. It can be divine intervention, unholy intervention, or anything in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, what? So actually, I'm I'm directly contradicting Sanderson's laws of magic here when i'm when i'm talking about miracles right if you go through like lord of the rings and stuff all the magic is um you know it's miracles it just solves problems right um it just does things and there's no understanding because there doesn't need to be an understanding um so sanderson's laws are the whole um the author's ability to resolve conflicts in satisfying way with magic is directly proportional to how the reader understands said magic um weaknesses are more interesting than powers and expand don't add so um it's basically like it, it's kind of a critique of Harry Potter, you know, like Deus Ex mm-hmm. Machina kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But the thing is, like Deus Ex Machina is not necessarily like a totally just automatically bad trope. Like, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a, Deus Ex Machina is not a, a recent thing. It's something that's existed since like in Greek plays, right? Yeah, and it's always been a a popular cop out that people right. have just accepted. Well, it's not necessarily a cop-out, is my point. It's like, it can be, and that's when it's bad. It's when it's just like, hey, all these, you know, uh, bad things happen, but let's just fix it, right? Let's just, like, this is, like, mostly a tragedy, but we'll just fix it at the end, right? Yeah. Um, that's when it's it, it, it can be really unsatisfying. But if the miracle happens with the themes in mind, right, then it, it works out a lot better. For example, in the, um, you know, the, the what's a benchmark no not milestone is that what's the word what are you looking for the uh like a legendary case like a case like a like a court case that like sets the the tone what's it called oh landmark landmark okay landmark in the landmark movie um freaky friday right we have uh, a miracle happens right where the uh mother and daughter switch switch places right um and then they go through the the whole movie and they learn about each other and they end up, you know, caring about each other, etc. And then the miracle happens and it puts them back in each other's bodies, right? Were they in yeah. control of the magic? No. Did they understand how the magic works? Well, okay, like fair kind of because Barely. they knew that the rule was that you got to you got to care about each other. But still, <laughs> um <laughs> the fact that it was, you know, we don't have to understand any of that. It doesn't matter. It's a miracle, right? What does matter is that it fits with the themes, right? That um, they still had to undergo like a character change and learn things, etc. So, um, you know, if you have a, a a Christmas movie, for example, where uh, a kid is acting all snotty, you know, not knowing the true meaning of Christmas, complaining about there not being snow or whatever, and then mm-hmm. by the end learns the true meaning of Christmas and to give and whatever, and then it snows, it's a Christmas miracle or whatever. Like, that's a small thing, but also, like, that's, yeah, that's exactly the point. It's just that the, the kid obviously did not have the power to control the weather, but because they were good and they learned how to change and learned what they were supposed to learn, 
then they get rewarded with a miracle and yeah. that's fine you know um and it doesn't have to be directly under their control or or within an understanding or anything it just has to feel mm-hmm. right anyway that's all to say try writing out a, a miracle uh for this month um obviously it's with it's in theme with christmas miracles but it obviously does not have to be um with that or any other particular holiday um just uh try employing them and and see how um you can work with that Mm-hmm. yep yep and the great words that will help you this week in creating your miracle story are acorn architecture luminous smash so these are some some fun ones so an yeah, acorn smash bros smash bros so i expect a lot of stories about smash bros um an acorn mm-hmm. is a uh, particular nut of is it it's a oak, seed. Tre- oak trees oak trees right oak trees yeah it's, yes it's the seed yes it's the seed um squirrels love them do you know that you can mm-hmm. make um you can make food with acorns yeah there's there's a, a, such a thing as a acorn stew mm-hmm. i've seen um, someone make it you can make acorn bread yeah you can't really yeah 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 what's that up. taste like um i bet it's fine dirt i mean Word. i don't know the particulars of how it works no i'm sure it's fine it's like it's just like uh, other kinds of 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 nut stuff like banana nut bread mm, except true, not yeah. like that actually i think it's totally different anyway mm. i'm salivating uh, the, the, the next word is architecture which is um the study and and work to design buildings right or the study of how buildings are put together yes. um mm-hmm uh, the next in one the, is. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh no. yeah, I was uh, in in the movie. Um, I think it's called Knock Knock with uh, with Keanu Reeves, the uh, one where where he lets in two under uh, two girls who were who might have been underage, and uh, and they mess with him for about two two days. In that movie, Keanu Reeves Reeves's character was a architect. Okay. So there you go. So there you go. You're welcome. The next word is luminous, which is um, something having the property of being very bright and mm-hmm. emitting light. Yes. Like uh, when you turn on a light, it is luminous. The moon mm-hmm. is is uh, luminous. Uh, light uh, uh, Lightning bugs are luminous. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a connection to um, illuminate, which is often has a tie to like bringing knowledge to someone and understanding. And last word, Smash. So one, um, you can reference the video game Smash Bros, which was originally yeah. on the... Um, was it on the Nintendo 64 first or the GameCube first? I want to say the Cube. Okay. And then... I want to say the Cube, yeah. Okay. You know what? We'll just leave it at that. Uh, and uh, it was on the rest of Nintendo's... Um, main uh consoles and that's um yeah yeah, that's um that's about the only place i I know um the word smash is used so i guess everyone's just gonna write a also if Uh we're being honest Mm -hmm. smash is when you crush something turn something in into a state of smush i don't know what you're Um, talking about and also smash is when uh (laughs) You're you're talking to stop, a pretty no, little no, someone. Stop! No, no, don't! No, stop! No. And then 
Y'all just no, cuddle. I, you no, cuddle okay, all yep. night. Uh-huh. And okay. it's very wholesome and cute okay, because both good, of y'all thank you. just needed someone else there to care about. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that, Jarvis. I really yeah. appreciate it. Um, uh, did you know that uh, to smash is also a word for sex? Oh, really? Damn. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what's How another vulgar. one? How a, vo- a, oh, a, you could say that something's smashing uh, if no, you have yeah, a British accent smashes, and a big mustache. Yeah, yeah. A smash can be put in place of the word crash. They're very mm-hmm. similar um, mo- uh, move uh, movements. Mm-hmm. Um, Something could be a smash hit, which is when it's very successful. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere. Um, you can have smashed potatoes i would yeah i was about to say um you could have a character um someone say like what are you eating and then they say smash like it's like 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 they like sort of mumbled and like it like it's smash but they left off the like i part and the t part so it's just smash this is what are you eating smash (laughs) it's really yeah that's what you should do you should write that yeah. Um, and, Jarvis, what is the story that you're going to write with all of these words? I need you to yeah. jump into it right now. Write the second. Go for it. Uh, the, the My mother once made smashed smashed a corn stew, which is mm-hmm. when you crush up mm-hmm. the the um, mm-hmm. acorns and put them mm-hmm. in, in water and then let them boil. The only mm-hmm. thing that she didn't know is that that tree that the, mm-hmm. a, that mm-hmm. the acorns came mm-hmm. from were mm-hmm. was infested with with li- with lightning bugs, mm-hmm. so as the stew was was being made, it slowly took on this sort of like sickly greenish yellow hue, um, mm-hmm. and then she was like, "Damn, this uh this must be a a weird season for um acorns," um, <laughs> but but either way, the um, whole family ate it, and then mm-hmm. as as soon as I took my my first bite uh my like brain popped popped out of my head and, okay. and, then, and then i became a being of pure consciousness and and thought um and then i was there for about 17 years while walking uh-huh. the um astral plane but then i <laughs> okay. but then i finally came came back saying hey i have to finish high school Okay. Um, and then as soon as I came back, I was smarter, faster, and, mm-hmm. and, and stronger. So uh-huh. I so I decided to take my newfound powers and to become a architect. Did you use the word luminous? Yes. When? Oh, sorry. The, oh my god, uh, the whole time, the entire, you, you passed like 10 opportunities to say luminous, because you mentioned well, the lightning bugs, you mentioned the tree changing color, well, you mentioned it, your brain exploding, then you turn it, into a, a, this a, other a, otherworldly a, being. A celestial being, yes, yes, you but just, yep. what you didn't mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. is that the mm-hmm. stew that turned a sickly yellow hue, mm-hmm. hue color was mm-hmm. also kind of neon, it was kind okay. of luminous. Good. Some might say. Okay, some might say. Some you might, might say. even you might even uh, extend that description. That's yes. wonderful, Jarvis. Thank you. But tell um, me, tell me, what story? What thirty word story are you um, going to make next week? Okay, well, it's going to be about the miracle of life. Oh, okay, that's gross. which is yeah, which is when um, you know a woman is she's she lies down and then out pops 
from her belly button, an acorn, mm. right? Oh. Um, which uh, then the father uh, brings to over to the table and smashes it, <gasps> revealing inside a luminous um, egg inside of the acorn, which uh, then they take it to someone well-versed in architecture who builds it like a little house, a little house for the egg uh, with like heating and stuff. Um, and so the egg just kind of grows up in this little tiny house, um, you know, and taking showers and, uh, making sure it's, it's fed, um, and, uh, it gets a job, um, we work from home, obviously, and, uh, eventually when the time comes, uh, the egg hatches, and, uh, when it grows up, um, that's how we get fried chicken. Oh! <laughs> Okay, okay. I can see your your ones and twos. I sadly wasn't counting, but I'll say that was about ten words. That yeah. was about ten words. About if ten. you, if you, if uh, y'all, could y'all roll back and then count my words and then and then send me an email sending me the exact count. I'm pretty sure it was like seven or yeah. eight. But you um, you have to do that right now while right we now. are recording. So we please will wait. do the right thing and do your duty and and listen to the whole. Give me another download. Download the the episode again. Delete it yes. from your from your phone. It downloaded um, and then delete download it again. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so Breaks. much. Do I the love right you. Thing. Do the right thing. I don't love you. <laughs> Why would you say that? To put them in their place. Oh, oh, you were saying it to me. Okay. No, no. I, I love you, but I don't love you.